Welcome to the Steelers Edge online training program featuring Rebecca Chernick with her workshop on how to ride the wave to, to digital F&I retailing. Becky founded Chernick Consulting in 2001 and has nearly three decades of experience in the retail automotive industry. As a consultant, trainer, and nationally recognized expert in F&I training and sales procedures, she has helped hundreds of auto retailers throughout the United States and Canada to streamline their processes and closing techniques and to significantly increase profits. I'm Mike Bowers with Dealer's Edge. Just as the Internet continues to change the way dealerships sell cars, so too has it affected the way vehicle purchase, purchases get financed. Customers have come to expect that the vehicle buying process will be easier and faster, and those expectations are bumping up against some entrenched dealership processes. Should we expect the customers to adapt to the way we do business in the dealership, or should the process be adapted to the customers? Today we're joined by well-known F&I trainer and consultant, Becky Chernick, as she explores the ways that you can help your customers benefit from online financing options. Those options are many and can range from simple pre-qualification up to the entire financing process. As dealership managers, you'll have many choices to consider. Today, Becky will tell us about the expansion of online financing opportunities available to dealers. We'll hear about the current array of online financing products and vendors available to dealerships. We'll also see how online financing can speed up the delivery process and enhance the buyer's experience. Can online financing offers help you insulate the customer from other third-party providers? We'll see how that's possible. And interestingly, we'll learn how to create a virtual F&I manager alternative. But enough with the introductions. Becky, welcome back to Dealer's Edge. Let me turn things over to you now. Mike, thank you so much for that kind introduction, and thank you everyone for attending today's webinar on how to ride the wave with digital F&I. And again, um, I, I can't thank you enough for your introduction. My, my specialty too, guys, really lies in helping that car dealer from the time that that customer lands on your dealership website uh, to finalizing from cradle to grave, if, if you will, from finalizing the transaction either with that F&I person or in some cases with that hybrid sales associate. Okay, so as we know, this industry is changing, I mean, just, I mean, rapidly. I mean, we are going through so much change in the past year to two years. It's hard for me to keep up for crying out loud. And for those of us who have our eyes and our ears shut down, and you know what I'm talking about, some of us have this head buried in the sand attitude, and let's just wait to see what's going on before we do anything. Some of you guys might be in for uh, a surprise because I think it's moving so quickly it will be very difficult to catch up at this point. And so, you know, it, it takes me back, and as Mike mentioned, my three decades in, in the car business. But, you know, and some of you guys might have started in the car business in 1987, like me, and or before that. And, but I can remember those days when I'm in Baltimore, Maryland, and I knocked on Al Packer, Lincoln and Mercury's door, and I said, hire me to sell cars. And I'll tell you right now, guys, they didn't want to hire me. And the reason why was because I was the female. And they didn't think females, if you remember back then, could sell cars. So anyway, I convinced them to hire me, and they do. It's 30, 60 days later. I, they realized, I even realized that I have this car gene in my blood. 
and my career in automotive retail takes off. And it's really cool. And then later I become, you know, a a director of finance for very large automotive groups in the Washington, D.C. area. And I will tell you, at that point in my life, I thought, man, I know it all. I mean, I just knew it everything. But anyway, uh, I quickly find out that, you know what, you just don't know what you don't know. And I went with a company called J&A. They hired me in 1995, and I'm a green pea all over again. And those guys that don't know J&A, they're notorious. When you get started with them, they'll send you in different dealerships across the country. Well, I'm in different dealerships all over the United States, and I find out that it is, every dealer is a little bit different in what process they have or they don't have. Some will fly by the seat of their pants and they're just lucky they're successful or perhaps maybe not as successful as they could be if they had some sort of a process put in place. My boss tells me, he says, you know, Becky, you'll come to find out that a dealer with a bad process is going to be far better than a a dealer with no process at all who flies by the seat of their pants. Anyway, so I find that that's absolutely the case. And what I'm hoping here today is when we get done, that you really kind of think through what does your process, what kind of a process do you have in place to support this technology? One thing you have got to understand, or these online providers, is that it's still a people business. Technology has got to follow, or it's got to unite in your in-house workflow, and we'll come to understand that. So let's warp speed to 1997. I get promoted into the AutoNation division, and at this time, this is the mega, mega stores. And for the first time ever, we are implementing menu selling in these stores across the country. Well, frankly, this was a twist of fate for me. And I tell you, I was doing something completely opposite than I ever did ever that made me successful. And I was, I was trained, you know, we were going to implement this process in that we were going to be upfront with customers and they were going to understand all the terms of the sale. And this is completely different than, than what we did with traditional sales. But we found out that by being upfront, that, you know, if customers understood the terms, that if we united with that customer, if we reduced some of that customer's sales resistance or reduced their sales resistance period, if we met them halfway in this buying process that customers will buy, they want this no BS, if you don't mind me saying so, process. We wanted to keep it simple, and we did. And frankly, I will say that we definitely revolutionized uh, the whole F&I process and the way that it was, it, it was being done. And frankly, we took the nation by storm in these stores across the country. And so much so, we went into new car stores. And so we proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that you could be profitable and still be upfront at the same time. And so, again, as I said, now we might even have some other, other F&I people out there, the warriors, if you will, that have taken it to another level even with digital menu presentation. So let's warp speed to 2007. And this was a time where, you know, it was was a real big struggle for dealers to quite grasp about putting their vehicles online. And some of these guys were like, you know, kicking and screaming, I don't want to put my vehicles online and I'll be darn sure I'm going to put my pricing online. And I think we all can relate to that. Remember when all that happened. 
And dealers didn't much like the idea behind it, frankly. And if the customer wants to know the price, they can call for the price. So we ended up changing, obviously. Uh, dealers understood that by, by moving inventory, by moving units, they're not sitting on them, is, is going to help them increase profits. And that only made sense. And Dale Pollock with V Auto helped dealers to automate this process so they understand by moving more inventory, we're making a profit here. Okay, so that really helped and um, helped dealers to understand um, how, how all that worked. Well, the reason why we change, we change, you know, either pain or gain, right? But we also change for three, maybe other, well, I think three reasons. Number one, we're going to change the way we do business because of technology. And frankly, guys, like it or not, technology has played havoc with what we do in our business, and, and we had to change our best practice, our practices to, because of that technology. So customers are much more educated than ever before. They're much more savvy. They have information readily available to them. So we absolutely had to change the way that we had done our business over the years because of the Internet. And the other thing that I want to mention with this is think about social media for crying out loud. In, in a blink of an eye, you do something stupid, you have a complaint from a customer, that can go viral and you can lose your reputation like in the blink of an eye like I mentioned. And let me tell you, it is so hard to win that reputation back and some, some may never be able to do that. So, okay, so it's the social media, it's the internet, it is our customer. Frankly, guys, if a customer wants to do business a certain way, we don't have a choice but to do business the way the customer wants to do it, or guess what? We're not going to sell them a car. And last but not least is our competitor. Now, our competitor, if our competitor decides to go ahead and do something different, and they're successful and they're taking up some of that market share, we're going to follow suit. We're in these 20 groups together. We're in these uh, NCM groups together. And, man, let me tell you, if this dealer's successful doing this, they come right back, and you know what I'm talking about. They come right back and say, let's go ahead and implement some of these processes. So it's about our competitor and what they do. So we all know that this industry – so we have a customer – our, we have 260 million customers that are online every single day in this country. I mean, that's just what we deal with. 90% of those customers are shopping on a dealership website, as you well know, on dealership website before they ever come in to purchase a vehicle. And then we have 92% of those customers will actually, What's really interesting, they'll actually go ahead and buy from a different dealer than the initial inquiry. Customers will shop seven different websites before they come and purchase from you on the average. Now, here's the thing you have to ask yourself. Is your website responsive? Does, is it mobile friendly? Now, I hope that it is because 60% of our customers who shop online, most of them use their mobile devices to shop. So is your, mo is your website uh, user-friendly, mobile-friendly? Does it offer specific, does it answer quest customers' questions as it as pertains to incentives, rebates, et cetera? And also, do you offer self-desking tools such as 
allowing the customer to dig deeper for their payment terms, options, things like that that they might likely budget for. And or what you might be interested to know, 70% of our customers are actually even responded to. So we have some work here um, to, to make sure that we're responding to our customers in a, um, as quickly as we can in, in, a, in a timely fashion. Now what's more interesting is that 25% of our customers will actually, 25% uh, of our customers' questions are, um, or specific questions are actually addressed. And that means we have a whole heck of a lot more work ahead of us. Because if we're not answering the customer specific questions because we want to protect the golden goose, we want to protect what's going on in that F&I office, the chances are that customer's going to find those answers elsewhere. So we have to do a better job in how we're going to start addressing customer specific questions and that is also as it pertains to financing. And then we have, believe it or not, 75% of our customers who actually would prefer finance to doing the entire online purchase, uh, purchasing this vehicle completely online. So as I mentioned, um, we have um, industry experts such as the auto, Dale Pollock has certainly helped dealers over the years to go ahead and streamline this process to, um, to help dealers to turn their inventory to optimize uh, their vehicle on uh, Google search engines, and I'm sure you're very familiar with Mr. Dale Pollock. In fact, he, saw, he was so successful that um, Cox Automotive acquired the auto. So you gotta, you got to say, hey, he, he, obviously, um, he obviously helped dealers um, um, be successful. And then we have, you know, so one of the things that uh, I, I always like to talk to dealers about is understanding what your gross profit is. From turning those units, what is it about our gross profit? And, you know, what is it that we're generating from selling a car? And identifying uh, what that gross profit is. So a gross profit is, we don't sell a car, we don't get sell price. If we don't sell a car, we don't get trade in. We don't get the trade ends. If we don't sell a car, we don't get the accessory items. If we don't sell a car, we don't get service. If we don't sell a car, we don't get the manufacturer's rebates. And all of this comes together because, again, guys, here's the thing with this. How many of us in F&I for years have been trained, whatever you do, don't you dare talk about my money. Don't you dare talk about F&I. Don't you dare talk about my rates. Don't you dare talk about payments. You wait until the customer comes into the F&I office, and then we'll talk about all this. But got what? But that whole thing is changing, and that's what you're going to see because customers will have information. They'll have maybe some specific information, and if you're holding back, then I guess what? Chances are you may not sell a car altogether. So customers will actually shop longer, 17 hours online shopping for a car. And, what, and what's interesting is that they'll only spend 3.5 hours um, offline, and that means including trips into your dealership. The customer will spend at least eight minutes calculating payments on the dealership website. And so that says to you, well, if, I'm, if I have a customer who's concentrating in that area, and that's eight minutes, eight minutes on average calculating payments on the dealership website, that's telling me that customers are shopping financing. So what's going to prevent them from shopping financing 
you know, on from from somebody else. So an individual, John, Jonathan Ord, he is president of Dealer Socket, and I got to tell you, I think that he's he's a remarkable uh, business person. And in his conference uh, last year, he says, "Guys, I got to tell you, this digital wave is coming." And for those that are not understanding this, you're not getting it. And I have to, I, I, I have to agree. I think you're going to get left behind. So burying your head in the sand is not going to make this whole thing go away. All right. So there is an individual that I know and love. His name is Chris Walsh. He is founder of VetCars.com. And some of you guys, you might not. You may know who he is. He's a great, he's a terrific guy. Well, anyway, on my Facebook, he posted with regard to, he posted a quote um, with regard to where this whole thing is going on digital retailing. So I I wanted to go ahead and share this with you. And it was from a most famous, um, it's a famous saying from the Bolshevik uh, revolutionary, Leon Trotsky. And he says, you may not be interested in war, But war is interested in you, and that's how you have to look at it, and that's what's happening here. So we have got to, again, prepare for some, some of the changes in what's happening. So first thing first, some of you may know about Carvana. Some of you may not know about Carvana. I know about Carvana back in 2013 in Georgia. And a friend, agent, can't remember, but anyway, they told me about Carvana. I didn't think much of it. I said, well, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's all right. They're, 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 they're pretty cool. It's nice to have a vehicle delivered to a customer's home, that sort of stuff. But then the more I got into it in 2016, Carvana happens to be today. What they do is the customer is able to um, shop the pre-owned vehicle completely online, and they also complete the financing completely online with the customer never stepping foot in a dealership. They don't have to. Everything is completed completely online. Ancillary product offerings, uh, service contracts, that sort of thing are offered to the customer completely online. So would you know it, today in 2016, these guys are actually the number one volume uh, retailer, retailer in Georgia. They sell thousands of these pre-owned vehicles. Well, what's unique about these guys is that they will actually deliver the vehicle to the customer's home with a seven-day money-back guarantee. And I'm not telling you to throw out money-back guarantees. I'm just telling you this is what's happening. People love this stuff. They also have or make available, they have these vending machines. Now, when you see these vending machines, they're they're just cool. And they're so successful or they're they have been funded $160 million to put these vending machines in cities all over the country, in cities all over the country. Currently, we have two. One is in Nashville. The other one is just recently went up is Houston, and I think that there's another one going up in Virginia. But anyway, it, they, 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 they can either deliver the vehicle to the customer's home. The customer is given a coupon of $200 for an air flight to go and pick up their vehicles from these vending machines. Now, this is the Carvana vending machine, and it houses as much as 20 vehicles. So customers, I mean, these geeky customers who are all into this stuff, I mean, this is like they, they just live and breathe for this stuff. They love it. And from here, they, they're sent a digital coin. 
So the digital coin is inserted into this vending machine to disperse the car. So the car is dispersed out. They have an assistant. The customer takes a test drive, and that's the end of it. They love the experience. And, I mean, to tell you, they're knocking it out. They are knocking this out. And, again, keep in mind, everything is done completely online. And as you can see here, it's, it's simplified. Nobody has to guess through anything. Customer understands their payment. They understand the APR. They understand the entire term of a sale. They keep it, they, it, they keep it visible. They keep it easy. It is a uh, positive workflow from the very beginning to the very end. The idea here is providing the customers with these desking tools. You're unlocking the capability for them to determine these payment options. And I got to tell you, this is where it's going. Now, you would think Carvana owned it, but they don't. Broom actually does. They are the number one retailer uh, in the United States. In fact, they call themselves the billion-dollar company. And they recently have purchased, I'd say a year and a half ago, acquired uh, the largest independent dealer in the United States. So these guys, again, provide the customer with the ability to shop everything online. Everything's done online. Financing, they have 30 banks that are available to them uh, to be able to secure financing for their customers. And again, customers are provided with a 10-day money-back guarantee in lieu of a 7-day um, money-back guarantee. Vehicles are actually being delivered to these customers' home within these 48 states. And or there's no kiosk or anything quite like that, I don't think. I think that there is an, a center that they are, if need be, they can come and uh, pick up the vehicle. And then Roaster, Roaster is actually um, helping uh, the new car shopper. They offer a car broker that offers the car. Now, these, uh, the Roaster is, is located in California, but they're, 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 getting, they're building some teeth here. And the whole idea behind this is that they are providing the customer, uh, again, with a complete online buying experience, doing financing, and you'll find it's very interesting also the ancillary products and um, leasing is also provided. Carrite is doing exceptional. In fact, they just celebrated their 10th location in Memphis. And again, the customer is able to purchase this vehicle online and complete the entire financing online. So that's, that's what's happening out there, and that's what is uh, made available uh, to these guys. And so Roadster, again, is, like I said, they're building more teeth than ever before. Well, what's unique is that the auto brokers are, are helping them select new vehicles as well as pre-owned. And as you can see here, it's quite, it's, it's, it's very impressive. Hey, Becky. So, yep. It's Mike here. Uh, can we take a couple questions? Sure. Uh, okay, first one is, uh, I, I guess, is, is more, we'll call it more mundane than, uh, than, than futuristic, but uh, has to do with the performance in the F&I department and the uh, attendee here out in the audience uh, asked, what, what is a good target to shoot for? We, we have trouble making money. Uh, you know, gross profits on selling the cars. We rely heavily on F&I. What is a good target to shoot for in terms of average F&I income now per car? 
I, I think 1,200 is a good number. No. 12 to 1,200 per car is good, or 12 to 1,500 dollars. I think that okay. that's the right number. Okay, great. And another question, um, this is sort of out of left field, but I, I understand it. Um, regarding um, F and I menu selling, uh, you know, one of the one of the things that, that menu selling was meant to to kill was was payment packing. And we thought, I hadn't heard of the term payment packing in years. Uh, I thought it actually was dead, but apparently it's, it's not. Uh, and there are some, uh, now some investigations uh, limited, but in some dealerships in, around the country, but where payment packing is making a comeback. Uh, sort of, do you have any observations on that, or how is that allowed to happen? How can that happen these days? Okay. Well, now that you put me on the spot, um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Mike. Um, it is happening, and it's happening a lot more than it's ever happened before. Unfortunately, I feel like in some cases we have not had adequate training. We're not inspecting what we're expecting. Uh, we're relying maybe on other individuals that are not doing proper inspections, and many of these FNI people not knowing any better. Deals are coming into the finance office where the FNI person perhaps is responsible to close the customer on a payment. And from there, they're like, well, I'll be darned if I'm going to utilize a base payment and then blow the, cu blow the customer out of the water. The customer is not closed. And meanwhile, it's going to cost, my, cost me my credibility. I'm not able to go ahead and sell my products. So off goes the, they call the software company up and say, get rid of that. That's not going to work for me. Let's get rid of it. So dealers are not locking down um, these, um, um, the technology and and they're not they're really not inspecting what they expect they're not sending i'm just saying they're just not sending these people to training or they're not supporting the training that they're sending them to but the, it, it, it's it kind of it's a yeah it's it's coming coming full circle like they say right and yeah. it's all coming back and some and because they're not doing their due diligence they, they some of the fni people do not realize that they have to uh, um, uh, use a specific payment prior to products being presented, and that is just not, that's best practice. And they, they don't even understand, in some cases, not in all cases, but many of them don't understand what does UDAP mean, you know, uniform deceptive or uniform deceptive abusive acts and practices. What does that mean? Well, that means if in the event the customer felt that they were confused during the buying process, if they didn't understand all the terms, of the sale if they didn't get what the base payment or specific terms of the sale prior to products being presented, you're packing payments. That's payment mm -hmm. packing. So that's what they're getting in trouble for. And nobody, in, and, and, I'll, and I'll say this, nobody ever, nobody ever thinks you're going to get caught. Whoever gets, you know, we don't get caught. So it's like, eh, you know, um, let's, let, so out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And unfortunately, it does happen, but it's happening, and it's happening a lot. Yes. Okay. All right. Sorry to put you on the spot there. I, I, just, <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> I, I, I just read a couple of articles about how this is, it seems to be coming back, and it really got my attention. So, uh, and I guess there are probably people who are getting, just getting out of prison now uh, from uh, payment well, pack cases from 15 years ago, you know? Well, uh, here's the thing. I, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't try to say to somebody, you're going to jail, but here's what I am going to say. You're going to spend a lot of money staying out of jail, mm -hmm. and it's going to cost you money to go ahead and, 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 and hire an attorney. 
because that's what's going to happen. You, you hopefully, you know, you, you, it, the other doesn't happen. But you're right. I remember some of those cases as well. But nobody ever thinks it's ever going to happen to them. It's just like anything else. I'm going to drive, you know, 100 miles an hour or 85 miles an hour. I'm going to be over the speed limit. I'm never going to get caught. But one of these days, you just might get pulled over. Okay. Yeah. You know? All right. Uh, okay. I think that's enough on questions for now. Why don't we go back into the program? Okay. So we're, you know, and, and again, where all this is, is, is that if you don't have that in-store process locked down, like if we, if we, if we have this, you know, where we, we're, we are uncomfortable with being upfront with that customer, chances are we're not going to work really well with where this whole thing's going. Your, your, your process will not be in sync to where uh, self-desking is made available to customers. And, and, you'll, and, and you're not going to be successful. So it does, those, those components have to be together. You have to, you can't tell a customer one thing online and not support it when you go, in, go into the dealership. So if your desking is all about shove them in the box or put them in the box and we'll close them up, you know, this whole thing isn't going to be, you're not going to be, you're not going to be very successful with with offering customer the ability to do self desking and all and, and and or being or creating the seamless process with the customer. So the thing is, and this is probably another reason why some of these banks and I, you know, you need to be made aware of this. Chase uh, recently made news too, where they're now partnering with True Car, and the reason why is because they don't want their customer. Uh, Having to having to jump through hoops and and go through the pain of uh, of you know perhaps maybe being uh, having some payment packing going on that sort of thing. So Chase and, and Chase is with digital um, is going digital with True Car. So basically, what ends up happening: customers are sent to Chase. Chase works the loan or does a pre-approval, if you will, or a uh, pre-qualified, uh, and then sends the customer to TrueCar and utilizes TrueCar technology to, um, to select the vehicle. Once the customer selects the vehicle, then the, they are referred to the dealership in the, or referred to a dealership in that dealership network. That's pretty much how it works. But they keep the customer. Now, the F&I person in this, point, in this is allowed to, uh, is able to offer other ancillary products. But that deal stays with Chase, so they're not moving away from another bank source. This is this is this is Chase's customer gone through True Car, and then the customer um, again. It's in the dealership network, and the application sits in either Dealer Track or Route One, and they are able to they're able to to present um, those ancillary product options at that time. So that's where it's going. So here's the thing. If we don't wrap our heads around this, other people, other companies will do it for us. So that's where, you know, when you were talking about all these crazy things that are happening in the business, and if we don't, if we don't pay attention to what's going on, we're going to lose business. We're going to lose it to Ford um, recently announced um, before, um, prior to NADA, their partnership with AutoFi. What makes AutoFi very interesting here is that they take the entire transaction from the very beginning to presentation of products online. You're doing a, pre a presentation of these products online. 
and then the customer uh, is signs at, uh, uh, an e-contracting, okay, e-contract, and then uh, and then that means also a wet signature. AutoFi is also available to other dealerships. And some dealers are going to be offering this at 12 o'clock midnight when customers are shopping in their home, at their home, in their office, whatever. But they're going to be, they're going to give that customer the reins to be able to do this with. So if you're, if you're sitting there and, and you're having issues with, well, I don't necessarily want to offer, um, you know, maybe honor pricing of the unit and or payments, that sort of thing, you're not going to sell a car. It's really that simple. Sonic Automotive uh, recently rolled out this year, uh, last year, um, their digital storefronts. Not to everyone, but that's where it's going. And then, of course, you got AutoNation. AutoNation is coming out in pretty soon. I mean, as far as um, their, uh, sorry about that. Um, trying to. Yeah, AutoNation's coming out, but, and for those that, I don't know, maybe not very familiar with how, what's happening there, but they recently uh, announced their relationship with, between uh, Walmart, They're, and so with CarSaver. So that whole thing is going completely online, and then CarMax, CarMax recently made news uh, headlines as well that they're taking, uh, they're allowing uh, all their stores uh, to uh, give the customer the opportunity to unlock the opportunity to go ahead and get these uh, to pre-qualify for a loan prior to the customer coming in to the dealership. So here's the thing. Um, as Mike points, pointed out, well, before we get there, the reason why we're doing this, obviously we want to look at this whole, this whole thing because we want to improve our CSI. We want to increase our leads. We want to be more time efficient. We do want to integrate with our CRM provider. We just want to be work smarter. We want to reduce some of these errors. We want a no-hassle buying experience, and we certainly want that customer to have that peace of mind that we're credible. And again, thinking through that process, it's starting from a continuous engagement from the time that customer lands on your dealership website. It's got to be. And so you've got to sit back and you've got to determine what is my game plan? How do I put this whole thing together? You know, if in fact, again, you're not willing, you don't want to be upfront. If you don't want to, I mean, do things like you're supposed to, then I obviously this isn't going to be for you. And you're, and I don't, I mean, and I guess other customers are going to go elsewhere because they, they will and they can. And, you know, again, will you offer, you know, the customer the ability to self-desk? Will you offer self-pull capability um, that provides, in, in many of these um, online providers, will provide the customer with uh, a selection of banks that are available to them within their targeted score based on dealers' parameters. Many will also offer uh, providers, um, you know, uh, actually the providers will also offer the customer the ability to uh, key in their own FICO score, and in this case, will generate other terms that certainly would be available to them. 
Now, of course, once the customer selects, then they'll have, based on their FICO score term availability, such as 60 months, 72, then it's disclosed as far as the interest rate, and also the customer will then finalize uh, the, um, then can also at this point finalize an online credit application, and that would depend to the dealer. So you'll find some of these, um, again, some of these other online um, providers offer the pre-approval or soft approvals. Just kind of depends on what you want. One of the things you definitely want to stay away from, and so do they, is the pre-screening due to, you know, the federal, um, excuse me, from the FCRA, and which, require, which will require a firm offer of credit. So anyway, um, the whole idea is you've got to ask yourself some questions here. You know, do you, is transparency going to be your thing? Do you still have the attitude, get them in the box and we'll find out about all this stuff later, or, you know, find out about this payment, you know, are you a trade different store? And many of a trade different store, they don't talk payments. And the customer is, is sent into the F&I office for them to settle up on what that payment will be. And again, you have to ask yourself, once you're into these self-desking tools and the key and the customer keys in the wrong FICO score, and maybe their payments are a little out of whack by $30 or so, how do you handle that? And again, are you going to rely on an F&I person to bump this payment? How's that, how's that whole thing going to plan out? Will you utilize a single point sales associate to finalize this transaction? Some of our dealers are working with hybrid sales associates to do this. So I don't know, is that going to be, is that how you're going to do it? How is that process going to work for you? And so there's, these are just really some of the basic questions you really got to ask yourself before you move on. Um, and again, if your technology doesn't unite to your store culture, you're not going to be successful. And you have to understand, and I've said this time and time again, for, I mean forever long, technology is not there to do it for you. It's still a people business. The technology supports what you do. So, and Mike talked about this earlier, where's the training? You have to have training in place to make this work or it's not going to work. You're not going to be successful with it if it doesn't, if you're not getting everybody or your entire staff on the same page. One of the things that we always do is always F&I. We point fingers in that F&I department and granted, don't get me, you know, I get it. Sometimes F&I people aren't doing everything that we, we need to be doing. But at the same time, it really does take two to tango today. Everybody has got to be on the same page. We've got to have complete buy-in. It's just not about the F&I uh, department. And once you wrap your head around this, or if, when you do, uh, you have to think about this when you roll it out. You know, is this something that you're going to be serious about? Or are you going to say, you know what, this is a huge profit center. And I just, you know, I'm just not going to give this, I'm just not willing to go all the way with this. And will you pull back? And, and if so, obviously, you're not going to be very successful with that. So it takes, you can't, you just can't be a little in. You've got to be all the way in or it's just not going to be very successful for you. So the whole idea, it, you know, of this, of this process, it helps to engage with that customer earlier on. It 
it integrates, it allows you to integrate your self-desking tools with your CRM. It allows you to track your leads much more effectively. It really creates a better and overall buying experience for the customer. It satisfies customers' expectations. It reduces the time that they have in filling out the paperwork in your dealership. You know, customers do not want to spend all day in your dealership buying a car. So a lot of the heavy lifting through the self-desking tool will, will, will reduce the time that that customer uh, spends in your dealership. You'll increase your CSI. Customers will be much happier. And frankly, for those that may be intimidated with this somewhat, having the products available, having product awareness has already proven to increase product penetration and improve profits. And I know some of these other veterans out there, maybe some of these other trainers, they hold up on that, whatever we do, we don't want to put our products out there. But I think, and it's already been proven, that if customers have some product awareness beforehand, their walls are down. So when they're, when they're in the dealership and you're reviewing some of the products they might have taken advantage of, depending upon the online platform that you're utilizing, or you go back over to uh, over the, the product options that you have available to the customer, chances are the walls are down. They, they'll, they, and they'll see, and, they'll, and chances are they'll buy more because of it. And that's really, you know, the, the way I, you, would, you should look at it, the, that by being more uh, transparent is going to likely make you more profitable. Back when to menu selling. Back when, when we had to put, when we put base payment on that menu, we put these terms on that menu disclosed to the customer prior to the products being presented. Because we were upfront, because I was credible, because people trusted me, their walls were down, and we increased profits. We sold products, and customers liked us. We didn't have customers coming out of the ether. People, that's, you know, People want to buy from you because they like you and they trust you. And so that's how, you know, engaging earlier on with the customer, that's what this whole thing is all about, doing business the way the customer wants to do it. Now, you make that decision and continue to do business the way, hey, I like doing business. Well, then you'll pay the consequences because of it sooner or later because that's where this whole thing is going and that's where the wave is. So. All right, now we have some other tools here that are really kind of exciting. Uh, we have customers want to text. That's what they do. And either they're going to text with your salespeople, but they text. So ZipWhip actually is a great way to communicate with our customers earlier on, get that early engagement going sooner. And what's, what's really unique about uh, ZipWhip is that it actually helps the dealer to manage these leads, their leads. And they're corralled. They're actually sent into the correct recipient. So if a customer has a question on sales, if a customer has a question when it comes to financing, it's actually sent to the correct recipient for a response. Now, what's really kind of cool, if in the event, let's just say sales or finance is backed up and it does happen, F&I does get backed up now and again, I hope, right, we're, we're doing deliveries. But if in the event we're unable to respond quickly, 
they are then sent a video, they're sent to our Facebook page, they're sent to any, any, any link you want to, you know, tell, them, tell the customer a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you're all about. I mean, that's kind of where it's going, engagement. And, and of course, as I said, if customers texting with you, that's, that's just a way to keep, them, keep the conversation going. Another platform that I happen to like, now, I'm going to talk about chat. Chat providers, I mean, third-party chat providers, I'm going to tell you right now I'm not keen on. And I know some of these guys go, I can't believe you just said that. I'm not because if it's too much in your face, I can't get rid of these chat people. They're everywhere. And all of a sudden, I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter what website, all, all of a sudden I'm just, I, I get hit with these people. And, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't close out fast enough. And they don't engage with me. That's not engagement. In fact, what they do is they flush the lead out. And the other thing that, that happens with some of these third-party providers, they haven't been trained. Who's training these people to answer specific questions? And the reason why I know that because I do mystery shopping. And I'm on, I'm on these websites. I see what's going on. And frankly, uh, you know, they can't answer a specific question. And they're easy questions. It's, you know, do you happen to know what your specials are on a Honda. Well, what do you mean you can't answer that question? That's crazy. You know somebody else will. They put me on hold for two minutes, come back. You have to come into the dealership to get those, to, to, to be able to have those questions answered. Nobody's going to do that. They're going to go on to your, your competitor and get the information. That's just too simple. But anyway, this live engagement platform is very unique. It's through SalesMove. And you're able in real time to monitor what's going on with your customer, and you need to be doing that. You need to have, be able to have the tools and techniques to be able to monitor your customer, where they are. Are they calculating payments on your, on, um, or are they self-desking? Where are they in, in the sale process? And what's very unique about SalesMove, and I'm not here to sell anyone in particular, but what I like about this is that you're able to engage with this customer via texting, audio, or even video capability. Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn on my video. Hey, how are you? I'm Becky. My scare, scare about, scare them out, um, and they'll leave easy enough. But really, I think texting, audio is 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 the way to to make that happen and to start that engagement up and to monitor your business and 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 that sort of thing. And as I mentioned, you know, these third-party providers, I would be really careful with who I use. I would be really careful of the black hole, you know, some of these questions that never, ever get answered, you know, that, you know, you sit back, the customer might have asked a question, well, we'll get someone in the dealership to call you back. Well, that never, that never happens. It doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen when it pertains to financing. And some, some of the guys, and let's face it, some of the Guys that veterans, well, you know, I've been trained. You wait until the customer comes into the dealership, and we'll talk about payments then. Well, by then, it's too late. But I will say one thing. There is another uh, third-party provider that I highly recommend, Live Chat. It's Carnell. And you've got to do a webinar with those guys. I'm telling you right now, I'm not here to get paid, but I've got to tell you, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I prefer in-house chat, but this, this car now is, 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 is terrific. Now, these guys definitely know the business, and, they, and what's kind of cool about this whole thing is that the customer can actually negotiate, if you will, 
um, maybe some of the trade or, you know, can I get more for my trade? Can I this or that? And that lead is actually sent that's alerted into like five managers at the dealership. So somebody's responding immediately. So I thought that that was pretty, pretty unique. And there's a couple other platform providers who offer the same, but that's what you want. Again, some of you guys who some of the dealerships still have this online credit application. And, you know, I've, I, I, at a time in our life, I think it worked. Um, and it, 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 it certainly, it's, guess it's okay. But the thing that I'm finding out lately is that we've had fulfillment um, falling off approximately 30% where customers just aren't filling it out and moving on and going into more of a, like I said, more of a seamless workflow process where they're able to get this information earlier on without having to go through all this to find out what terms and payments might be available to them. And, but if you happen to have the, a, a credit application, online credit application, or you're pending a credit application, uh, I would suggest that you have a video tutorial. And a lot of dealers do this already. But I, I think it needs to be interactive. It definitely needs to be a guided tour. And it needs to be in English or Spanish speaking. And it really, again, it certainly depends upon your uh, customer base. But I would certainly make sure I let my customer know these are secure sites. Um, feel free to be able to, you know, please um, know that your, your information that you're sharing with us is protected. And that's really key because people just do not want to go ahead and give you information unless they know, for the most part, that these, uh, these sites are protected. Now, other third-party providers um, offer, they're more of like a lead provider, um, but basically offering customers the ability to shop on their own platform. It's not on a dealership platform. It's on their platform. And customers can shop either new cars or pre-owned on their platform and also have desking capability uh, pre-qualification uh, pre solution. And based off of customer-specific requirements, they are then matched to the dealership within that network. So that's a unique way of, of doing this. If you are uncomfortable with um, adding it, you know, that platform onto your uh, website. But third-party providers such as Wiper and I believe um, Utter Gravity does pretty darn good job. Now, some of these guys are changing, and they change all the time, I mean, or adding to. So that's how fast this whole thing is, is, is going. And for those that may not be familiar with these online platform providers, these are, uh, these are for dealers to, um, to add to their dealership, uh, to their websites. And so there's Credit IQ, there's AutoFi, uh, there's Drive It Now. Uh, dealer Track, obviously, you know who Dealer Track is. They offer uh, customers, uh, dealers with the ability to also uh, do self-desking, these payment terms, options, et cetera, and Make My Deal is a part of, it works within, um, helps them, I, 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 they're linked together. And then there's Drive Motors, and as I mentioned, Car Now. And all this, all these platforms, they, they help dealers. And the dealer is actually keeping the control and, and able to provide the customer with the ability to do this self-desking. Each one of these providers offer certain controls. 
and offer different, they have different solutions, meaning some will do a soft pull, some will ask the customer for, uh, ask the customer to key in their own FICO score, some will do an opt-in for soft pull and also hard pull. Opt-in and hard pull is both Credit IQ and Ford, Drive Motors, Carnell, and some of these others uh, really, uh, I think, offer the customer to select their FICO and work with the dealer to set up the parameters uh, for these payment options terms based off of the customer's uh, FICO score. That's, and then they offer customer with the ability to um, determine terms and payments and that sort of thing based on money down. Trade values are, um, are also provided to the customer in that um, they utilize NADA or uh, Kelly Blue Book, and of course, um, there's allowances for variable set set up in the system. And again, the whole idea behind this is making sure that you have that responsive website and that you're allowing customers with the ability to uh, to dive in, to drill down, if you will, to incentive rebates terms, payments, that sort of thing. Um, and then, as we all know, customers, you know, I like to call this high-tech meets high-touch. And that's really what it's all about here, guys. You know it as well as I do. Nobody leaves their home anymore without their cell phones. You know, I tried that on uh, one time by mistake. And I'm going somewhere, and I realized I had no idea where I was going. <laughs> Next thing you know, I realized there's not a telephone there's not a telephone in sight. That was just a couple of years ago, and like I had to stop at a pizza place in order to make a phone call. So we don't even have telephones any. I mean, we take our cell phones with us no matter where we go. Customers will their customers will 60% uh, of customers will use their cell phones to shop more than ever before. And remember, well, I, I don't know if I pointed this out or not, but. CarMax, um, the, they mentioned that when they rolled this out, um, giving self-desking uh, pre-qualification, um, when they rolled that out, um, they found that they actually ended up generating more leads through that type of process. And that's really what you're going to be doing here. You're, gonna, you're going to increase the leads um, into your dealership, but um, providing the customer with, with the information that they're looking for. And again, um, we want to make sure it's easy and uh, to the point. And I just want to make sure I mentioned here in this slide how easy it is to be able to have access as far as terms as well as trade values. And um, what most dealers will be uh, obviously using is NADA or Kelly Blue Book to determine these values. And then I mentioned earlier the uh, Credit IQ. Uh, credit IQ is is really um, another great tool in that it helps the dealer take the transaction from the very beginning and actually it, the customer is, it finalizes, the tra uh, it's finalized completely online, but the customer in this case is given a copy of the agreement as opposed to a final agreement with wet signature as Auto, uh, AutoFi does. So this is just, it's just, again, the customer comes into the dealership, and then the dealer um, can, at this point, 
um, present other products that would be available to them, upsell for additional product options. So here's the thing. Our digital, before I go here, again, the whole idea is improve CSI, increase leads, time efficiency, we integrate with our CRM, we reduce errors, we have a know-how for buying experience. That's what this whole thing is. I mean, that's what this whole thing sets us up for. It's a, it allows a customer, you know, it, 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 creates, um, it creates that goodwill between the dealership and the customer. And continuous engagement. And all the while, what we, what we want to make sure that we understand is that, you know, it's really a matchmaking um, environment today. So what we're trying, we're not giving up the farm, but what we're trying to do here is, is make sure that, you know, our car shoppers have the ability to uh, get engaged earlier on in the process. And in doing so, we want to, we'll increase more sales, convert more customers to our financing. And that's, and, it, and it's going to take F&I uh, a, a different F&I perspective, if you will. So from best practices to next practices, you know, our BDC credit leads, how are we handling that? What's the training going to be? How do we integrate the BDC with our F&I department? What conversations should we be having between the BDC and our F&I person? How soon, quickly, do we get our F&I person involved in, and obviously have that early engagement. And then, of course, do we have a single point hybrid associate? And maybe in some cases, not I'm not saying all cases, obviously, but I am saying in some cases, maybe a single hybrid associate in lieu of perhaps an F&I person. So are customers changing? Will you? And if you don't, Obviously, your competitor, that's where we're going. So what are we going to do? What tools do we put out there? What tools do we utilize to engage our customer earlier on in this process to make sure that we can convert more customers to, to us to not only sell more cars, but to convert them to our financing? Because the question you've got to ask yourself, if you're unwilling to do that, if you're unwilling to have these self-dusking tools, available to customers. These other retailers are doing it. Carvana, Varum, Trend, uh, Sonic, AutoNation, CarMax. And I'm going to tell you, there's other, other uh, larger automotive groups that are also um, in the process of providing this to their customers. Now, we're all, you know, we're all kind of new in the game here. And no one has... You know, they don't all have, we don't all have, you know, this down to a science yet. But not adding it, not working with it, pretending it's not here isn't going to make it all go away. So my suggestion, you're going to have to figure out your game plan. What's your process going to be? What platform provider am I going to utilize? Are we going to have a platform provider? Are we going to go through a third-party provider such as Wipe or such as Autogravity? But here again, I'm going to throw this out at you. You know, I, I hear some, some dealers and 
they say, well, you know, true car. We're not that crazy about true car. Well, true car wouldn't be true car if customers, if we, let's face it, you know, we did, did some things we probably shouldn't have done in the past. Customers don't trust us. They don't trust car people. So that's why they go to true car. And we still have some, some of the dealers, not every dealer, but there's dealers out there who still play the game. And so that's why we'll still have true car. So if we decide that, hey, we're going to hold back, you're going to have, you're going to lose control. You're going to lose control to the banks of the world that get it, that are going to provide that customer with that seamless process. And the customers are going to go there to, 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 because they're tired of the game. And again, they don't want to spend all day in a dealership buying a car. So if we could just understand where this is going, uh, make sure that, you know, get, reduce some of the heavy lifting in these dealerships, get some sort of acknowledgement what type of vehicles this customer looking for, kind of where they want to be in payment. And then the customer comes in. Some, most of this is, you know, done, completed. You know, how, how much longer does it take from that point on to show the customer the vehicle, do a test drive, and from there have the customer come in. Customers are already, for the most part, pre-approved. We might have done a, a, a soft pull. The only thing left maybe is a hard pull. And now we're presenting our product options. We've already had some product option uh, awareness. Customers understand some, most of these or some of the product offerings. So much easier is that going to be? altogether. And because of that, we'll likely sell more cars and maximize profits, selling more products. So that's kind of where I'm at. And that's where this, this is going. And I think the sooner we wrap our arms around this, it's got to be, again, like I mentioned earlier, it's got to be that in-store experience has got to match your, it's got to unite with your technology. You've got to have your online experience has to merge with your in-store experience. You can't have it where it's an online experience and nope, and everybody else is flying by the seat of their pants in the dealership. Because if that's happening, you're not going to be successful because customers will leave and they'll go elsewhere to buy a car. And what, it's one point, I, I don't know, 2.7? Um, dealerships a customer will visit before they make the decision to purchase the vehicle. So I am saying that if they've enjoyed the experience and you have engaged with that customer earlier on in the process when they're at your website and they have been able to do some of the heavy lifting, they know what type of vehicle, they know the vehicle they want to purchase. They have an idea based off of uh, the terms that would be available through these self-desking. I want to put $2,000 down. I want my term to be no more than 66 months. They have an idea well before they come into the dealership today. In some of, the, some of these cases, what we do is we put the customer on any car, any car will do. And meanwhile, it takes all day long to you know, either qualify this customer for the vehicle that they've landed on, and then they don't even budget for the, the payment that the, the vehicle that they've landed on. So nobody's done anybody any favors here. We don't maximize our front. We don't maximize our back. 
and nobody's happy, and not in, and the customer's not happy either. So in this way, we have a happier customer, and we made we made our we made we sold a car, we made money on the front, we made our money on the back end, and chances are the customer will purchase additional product offerings. And chances are we'll have certainly we'll have a better CSI, and um, hopefully the whole idea is getting customers to come um, back into the dealership because I I don't have to tell you but uh, retaining customers is the is the name of the game, and that and when we have that customer coming back in, a repeat customer is nothing better because we all know when we have a repeat customer what happens. Well, I'll tell you what happens. Chances are you're going to have you're going to sell, you'll sell a car and you'll make more income or you make more profit because of it. Repeat customers are the best customers on the planet to work with. And that's what it's all about. Unlocking capability for your customer to be able to do self-desking and, uh, and also creating that continuous engagement. And chances are when we do that, you're going to see you're going to see a better result because of it. So, again, I mentioned that if you if you don't do it, these competitors are here waiting for you. And believe me, I know that they are because I've interviewed them. I have interviewed several several of these guys, and some of them, and I'm not going to mention names, but some of them would prefer that you didn't get it. So. That's kind of where it's at right now. Okay. All right, Becky, thank you. Uh, I know some of the people in the audience are going to have to leave, but could you bring up a slide that you have with your contact information on it? Oh, sure. Darn, I'm sorry. Wait, uh... Thank okay, you, for, Mike. All right. Uh, for those of you who can't stay with us uh, for our questions, uh, this is how to contact Becky if you have questions for her. Um, you have her email address and phone number. Uh, she also has a very good website. Uh, with some useful tools for you if you want to check that out. Um, okay, um, first question. Yeah. The the uh, presentation of products options is is done most effectively in finance. So if you're going to present the, the products online, how do you handle objections? Well, again, it depends upon how this whole how how it's set up. So some of the some some of the platform providers will offer product awareness and allow the customer to choose these options um, via online. However, when it, it the, the the transaction isn't finalized until the customer comes in to the dealership for delivery, so they don't have the final contract in 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 many cases now. The, there are two providers that do, well, actually one provider that does, which is AutoFi, but it can be set up any which way that the dealer wants to set it up. But once a customer comes in for delivery, this is a good time for the F&I person, obviously, to go back over the products that might have been purchased and the ones that have been declined. And and my, my recommendation is to sit, simply, you know, share with the customer, Mr. Customer, I just want to make sure that you understand that I... These are the products that you had to take advantage of earlier. These are the products that you've declined. Part of my responsibility is just to make sure that I go over these one more time because some of these products may not be made available to you um, after you 
after you take delivery of your vehicle today. So if I could, let me go ahead and review them with you one more time. So it, it's not as if you know we're we're not going we're not going to go ahead and present that menu um, uh, to the customer again, and not and we just was we want to validate to the customer again these are the products that you purchased these are the products that you didn't. However, part of my responsibility again is to make sure that I go over these products with you one more time because again some of these products may not be available after delivery today. Okay. Um, let's see. Well, certainly I've, I've learned a lot of new names uh, and, and new tools that are out there. I've been making notes of the ones I need to go back and research, and I hope folks in the audience will do the same. Um, let's uh, take a few more questions before we sign off. Um, okay, so we have a lot of tools now to make um, financing a vehicle easier for the customer. Uh, is it still possible to make money for the dealership to make money on finance? Absolutely. Okay. You know, again, it goes back to the same concept of menu selling. Whatever, you know, when we implemented menu selling back in the alternation years ago, I can tell you guys I met with every naysayer there was on the planet who said, you know, GMs, dealers, everyone. I mean, they were scared to death of this thing. They didn't want nothing to do with it. They said, my gosh, if you, if you, if you present this base payment and other, you know, and these terms up front, you know, customers are going to say, I don't want to buy anything. I'm not buying that. No way. Mm. So we proved that because we've reduced the walls. We've reduced these walls. We made it easier for the customer. We created this seamless process. Those, they didn't feel like they were being taken advantage of to the cleaners. They felt like, okay, I'm giving you the control to make that decision. And frankly, guys, when we did that, our performance went up. I mean, it was like overnight. Customers understood the terms. They understood this. You don't have to take advantage of this or that or the other, but they did. When you give the customer the opportunity uh, to take advantage of these options, believe me when I tell you they do. And for those guys in there or here attending this, attending this or participating, you know it as well as I do. Them, when we present a menu, how many times has it been the customer has uh, taken advantage of, you know, the preferred option versus this option or another option? You're like, I can't believe that they took everything because we didn't prejudge it. The customer feels comfortable. The walls are down. It's a seamless process. It's time efficient. They're not sitting there waiting forever long in a day. And the other, the other benefit, too, was that we were compliant. And second of all, and the, and, and the other is that customers weren't coming out of the ether. But we were scared to death of it. There was like, no way customers are going to buy like this. There's no way they're going to do it. I can't begin to tell you how many told me that over the years. And this is the same thing. You're talking about early engagement. Give the customer, let the customer feel the whole idea, give the customer the feeling, perception, they're in control. Let up on the reins a bit. Let them do some of the heavy lift, I mean, do some of the, some of the work. And it all will play out. You know, the more we try to hold on to these reins, the, the less we make. It's in, 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 you don't have to do that. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh... I'm just going to go right to the last question. We're starting. I think we're running close to our time limit. Okay. Um, self-desking tools. Could you again, again sort of briefly explain what self-desking is 
Uh, and at, in your experience or what you're seeing now, how prevalent is it uh, in dealerships? Okay, a self-desking tool can, can work in a lot of different, again, depending upon the online provider that you're going to be utilizing. But let's just say a self-desking tool will allow the customer the ability to determine payment options based on their FICO score. I'm going to, instead of a soft pull, let's say the customer keys in their FICO score. My FICO score is 675. Based on the dealership parameters, Every dealer is going to set up their parameters based on a certain FICO score, what your parameters are, and what you're going to allow, what what you're going to, um, what terms um, that would be what would be available under that particular FICO score, and so that's all based off of the dealership's um, parameters, your banks, etc. And so the customer at this point puts their FICO score and then term, payment terms are available, terms, 60, 72, money down, uh, 2,000, 1,000, no money down. They have that available to self-desk, the down payment they have or a term or, um, and again, it's based off of their FICO score. And so once they select whatever term, it's 1,000 down or two or whatever the whatever they've selected from that point from that uh, from 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 that confirmation or validation confirmation is it then it is they make a decision as to whether or not they want to go further in the process and from there that is when they uh, at, provide customer information and or that is when the uh, uh, the uh, soft pull opt-in. Um, happens, and that that's sent to the dealer uh, for them to be able to um, finalize or help to help to obtain a pre-approval. But that's what a self-desking tool does. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> earlier in the program, you used the term trade trade difference. Is that the right term? We're what I was going with that is yeah. some dealers today still. Uh, are a trade difference store, meaning they don't talk payments until the customer goes into the F&I office. Mm -hmm. And if we're not talking payments until the customer comes into the F&I office, obviously it's going to be a bit awkward to offer customers the ability to do self-desking where they're going to have some idea behind their payment before they come into the dealership. So you would... I would think would have to review your process as it pertains to allowing customers or not to know a payment or have an idea of their payment, let's just put it that way, based on a FICO score versus not talking payments until the customer goes into the F&I office. It's going to be, an, it's going to be a bit awkward, right? It's mm -hmm. just like anything else. When we talk about a menu, a menu needs to have a base payment on the menu end term prior to products being presented. That's, that's a compliant menu. We send deals into the F&I office where the F&I person is responsible to close on payment. Well, I guess in some cases, and you know, they share the base payment with the customer and the customer goes, I do, and we're good to go and we're fine, but in other cases, that's just not that easy. And if I'm closing the customer on a payment, Chances are, I'm not going to I'm not going to talk base payment, and so that's where it becomes it, it, it's 
it's and it does it it's yeah. awkward. All right. It's an awkward <laughs> Uh, and uh, I'd like to thank everybody for attending today. Uh, we know it's not easy to take a couple of hours out of your dealership day, and we do appreciate that. We had a nice turnout today uh, from across the United States and in Canada. Uh, so, again, thank you for your interest. And I'd like to offer special thanks to Becky Chernick of Chernick Consulting uh, for taking her time today to put today's workshop together uh, and for sharing her experience and expertise with us. Thank you very much, Becky. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, we'll change it up a little bit for next week. Uh, we're going to go to the fixed operations area, specifically the parts department, uh, and talk about uh, a, a, a perennial problem uh, back there, and that is getting the parts department inventory to match the figures that the accounting office has. Uh, so you may want to alert your parts managers and your accounting managers uh, to show up for that workshop. Uh, and with that, uh, we're going to sign off for today. I'm Mike Bowers for Dealer's Edge. So long, and hope you can join us next week.